It's a psychic project. It's April 1st, 2019. Today's podcast, uh, we'll have two segments. Um, one segment is on psychic abilities. And then the next segment, uh, of course, is on... Um, specifically, by the way, the first segment is on psychic abilities related to how sometimes your psychic ability can go haywire. And then, somehow, and then it, it goes into the concept... Of um, like uh, the hocus pocus model, which is basically extend an, ex- an extended neural network. That's probably a better way we need to term it. Uh, but the, um, that's probably the better way to term it. And the haywire, um, it's uh, I haven't come up with a term. Probably um, an overload of the centerings uh, due to lack of sleep. <laughs> Probably just that's the best way to um, uh, term that. Um, so those are two things going on, and I have a better understanding of of uh, the gateway uh, for the inclined uh, person. And then uh, the next uh, segment will be on um, residential drug storage. Um, okay, so it's like a project. Let's get into today's podcast. It's a psychic project. It's April 1st. It's uh, 4.22 a.m. in the morning. April 1st, 2019. So, so uh, this, this segment's going to be on some nuances of psychic ability. Um, my mom delivered. You know, actually, she's, she's really, she's, She's really been good at helping me understand certain certain things that have been going on my whole life that I, I just I never understood why why things would would, would occur. Um, like how she calls me. But from the side I I never she demonstrated it and I think she I'm not sure she did it over social media and then demonstrated it and then of course I knowing what it what it was when she called me from the side like I was like awakening from my my slumber my sleep and um slumber nobody uses that word (laughs) awakening from my sleep and I and I um and I was kind of like in that that daze where you're, you're you're almost awake and then She'd call from in the side, and I'd say, "Oh, and I think, oh, but it wasn't out loud. But I wasn't. It was like, oh, this is how my mom always used to call me. Let's you see. When I was young, I could never, I never, I never could put that to telepathic communication. As a matter of fact, I couldn't even put a name to it. I." You know, the thing is, I had no frame of reference for what telepathic communication was. It almost felt like I was just thinking about my mom. It almost felt natural to me. This is how people communicate. So I, 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 I definitely think I tried to uh, capture some of that in, in a tweet storm. And, uh, you know, so my, my mother has been... She's been communicating to me via the sigh 
my entire life. Now, why she didn't come out and just say telepathic or a psychic? Maybe she had no frame of reference. Uh, and, that, and that's what we're building is. This is what telepathic communication is. This is what the mind play is, is about. This is a, um, an almost... Mind play doesn't sound correct. That sounds like something what my mother was demonstrating. Because that's a word that came out inside, by the way. I, I, I wasn't... Uh, sometimes I grab things out of... Out of and which goes on to the next topic. It's hocus pocus. The hocus pocus mind. Which happens to me a lot. Um, where my mind... In this shared... This shared existence we have... Um, uh, we're like networked together, right? A, a neural network is what I, I actually tweet stormed out also. Is that we are like connected in this, this large neural network of, uh, of minds. And, and I, I'll say I'm probably in a neural network. Uh, and, and that would be a circle, by the way. Um, I'm prob- it's probably three or four strong. No, no, four or five strong right now. So it's not my entire family. It's uh, it's it's just a subset that I'm currently linked to now. Oh, actually, uh, and I have extended because a couple other people out there. Um, I, if I said four or five strong, that just means that I hear constantly in the side. But there, the the circle is larger than that, and that's the neural network, and in that. The hocus pocus mind, that whole concept is our minds are, especially from the incline perspective. Let me let me try to make sure I understand I, I communicate this from the incline perspective. The hocus pocus style mind, the incline mind is pulling when it when it meets uh, a challenge or it's trying to learn. It not only uses my memory resources, it tries to reach through the neural network and look for understanding through those pathways. There you go. That's the great way. To, that's the great way to understanding is that my mental pathways go beyond my mind. I can reach to other minds as a pathway for searching for information. So the process that's going on in my, the logic process that goes on in my mind is extended through the side to the other minds and it's endeavor to search for an answer to a question. The mental process is extended over the side for the inclined mind. Now, how beautiful is that? That's the essence of hocus pocus mind where, um, um, there's a shared existence. There's, um, Things like, okay, so how, how, how is it that I know all of these conspiracies and nobody's like really open their, um, open their mouth to share them to me? If you come close to me in the side and uh, if an active shares something via the neural network and you say, well, when you hear an active share, there's an, a silent sort of sharing. 
and I can only give it to you from the incline perspective. There's a silent short of sharing that goes on where that you can you can't honestly know unless you put earplugs in. If actors are having a conversation in the side, I can't hear it all the time. Um, if multiple actors are around me and they're having a conversation, I can't always hear it in the side unless I put earplugs in. Then it brings the level of the side up and it brings my focus up and then I can hear it. So all an actor has to do is come around me and have a conversation about whatever they want to share. My mind unconsciously is still processing the side, even if I can't side hear it. And that's the hocus pocus mind. And those pathways are still open and I'm still processing. So I guess I've communicated two things there is that um, proximity of people and communication, side communication, especially of active communication, I'm still processing the side even when I can't side hear it. Meaning, if I'm uh, okay, let's demonstrate. Uh, let's demonstrate drug storage, um, residential drug storage. If a person comes near me and has a conversation about residential drug storage, a, a, a psychic active, but doesn't do it directly toward me, but is just in the side communicating. I may not hear that side sound if it's not uh, passed, especially uh, my psychic active, if she doesn't pass it. Unless I put my ear, unless I put my uh, ear uh, uh, earplugs in, and then I usually can hear it. Um, but if I don't hear it, then it's down in my conscious. I'm not focused on it. But my unconscious mind is still processing that information. That's the hocus pocus part. And in that, it still comes into into my my memory uh, now I may not know how to access it until um, I find something in my home that looks like drug storage and I say whoa this looks like drug commercial drug storage what is this doing in my house and then that whole memory pathway opens and says oh this is residential drug oh that's what and all the naming everything comes up I, I'm, I'm like I, I have the whole um I had the whole concept already in my mind. It was distorted, right? It was distorted from um, uh, from proximity of conversation, unconscious storage from the side, um, unconscious memory, un unconscious memory from the side that's that's been uh, uh, relayed to me. Um, so that's how hocus pocus mind. That's how some parts of the hocus pocus mind work. Um, the other part is, um, give me a second. Let me take a step back. Okay, I'm back. I'm, sometimes I, I'm, I'm going to take a. Step, I'm going to do three segments here. And I think, but let me get back. So the other part is so proximity of communi uh, communication and unconsciously processing the side and my surroundings. But the other part is that the extended neural network. That part that that is also a very valid. Especially, especially the extended neural network between just the incline and the active of prominence is how it's been communicated to me in the, in the song. Yeah. Um, uh, the active that kind of controls the gateway, right? 
Right. Uh, and by the way, just so that that clarity came is that the active controls my communication out, but the active doesn't control my the communication in. I'm not always seen it as a gateway where they control both in and out, um, egress and ingress from from those from the old telecom days. But it's not like that. It's only um, uh, egress or it's only communication out. Uh, that's controlled by my active communication in sight hearing. That is any active that comes in my proximity. I can hear. So uh, my active does not control that. Or we're not supposed to use that term. My active, especially in my circle. <laughs> that's a no, no for me. Um, the active of prominence is because um, I have so many and that's, that's in, and, and you say, why am I not using my active? Because I have so many actors in my presence, uh, um, I have a lot uh, of actives around me. So, uh, and uh, so saying my active is kind of it, it kind of misleading because uh, my active uh, one day may be different than an active the next day. So it's the active of prominence because any active that comes into my space really can share my my um, my voice onto the network. So can, and I guess it goes back, they can host me onto the side. There you go, because that's what happens. The active of prominence is really the one that's um, that's just hosting me the most and enjoys my my presence the most. Um, and uh, and I've chosen them, they've chosen me, and that's the beauty of it. So that's what active presence. I think we cleared that. I got a lot of clarity on that lately, by the way. Um, um, it's the active of prominence. And that's how we should be turning it. And I I mistakenly tried to binary it. I tried to tie it to just one and I tried to make it seem like it was both because that was my understanding. But my understanding has evolved. And it's more of a hosting. The incline has to be hosted and if you have multiple actives around you, any of those actives can host you onto the side. Um, and it's, and, and basically they just give you a voice to the side, but they can't control the voice that comes in any active conversation around you. You can hear. So, and by the way, they become an extern, extended neural network for you. And that's how that works. Um, when an active comes at an, uh, and I, I'm, I'm unsure if it's proximity based here, but when I, and matter of fact, I know it's not. It's not proximity. The neural network is not proximity based. Um, unless we start identifying proximity in terms of some sort of psi proximity and not a physical proximity. And that's probably, and that's probably, that's probably going to be true, but it's going to be beyond me to explain that one. I think that's going to have to be uh, an active perspective, but I think proximity may be, we may have to look at proximity, not from the physical proximity, but from a side entity sort of proximity and how your side personality can walk into a different person's side space. Now, because I, I can't move my, I can, I cannot move my side personality, but I think actives can move their side personality around the, 
the side. And that, I, I, it's hard for me to communicate, right? Um, that means that that's the proximity we're, we're, we're trying to, that I'm trying to communicate. Um, so, and this, this is how I can communicate with people all over this country is because they've, they've, the active has come into my size space and that's the proximity I'm terming, right? So actors can move around like that uh, into different side spaces, and it's not the—it's not a physical proximity; it's a side proximity. So, you know, it almost goes back to the whole when I was terming the side a country in the beginning, and uh, and I wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to UN, and it and it's still that's still, I still I still believe we should look at it that way. Um, protection for this, I, I I wholeheartedly believe on all of that. Um, so, okay, so the side becomes an extended neural network for actives that are in your proximity. You're in, in proximity, not being not physical, but your, your side space proximity. And that extended neural network uh, for the incline, there are, it uses my mind, it uses those mental, opens up uh, pathways for those and reaches for understanding over those Pathways. Um, so, uh, I know I'm, I'm, laying, I'm laying a lot of <laughs> complicated, complicated things out there, or not even complicated. It's not even complex or complicated. It's just understanding. A lot has been under, under, understood over the last week. Just one week of being home with my mother. Just ah, uh, she's delivered so much. So uh, that's hocus pocus mind. Um, so what did I what what did I say on hocus pocus mind? Extended neural network, right? And then. Um, the ability to uh, process unconscious um, uh, conversations from the side that are in my side space. Okay, so that's focus focus mind, right? Um, so that's that that happens a lot. That's how that's how a lot of information is relayed to me. And and then and 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 then finally, uh, um, we have what was, what was termed last night um, was haywire. This happens to me all the time. I'm going to, this happens to me all the time. I'm going to communicate this reality. When, um, sometimes when I don't get enough sleep, um, or I, I, sometimes my mind, if I don't get REM sleep, there you go. This is the term. If I don't get REM sleep, my mind plays tricks on me. I, and I know you're saying, oh, well, that happens to everybody. Uh, well, mine goes into overdrive. I, I'll, things will start popping out of trees. Um, it's almost, and, and I think, and I'm just going to say this, I think I'm seeing the psi energy as it's out there. Um, I see it a, a, a little, I'll see almost like calligraphy on bushes and trees. Uh, I, I don't hear sounds. It's always like the shadows are playing with it. Um, and it and it it really um, it's really distracting. It causes you to kind of have a paranoia. Um, but if I have good sleep, a good four hours of REM sleep will solve the problem. But it really, really happens if you're. Um, uh, drug addict behavior, um, 
it really, really goes haywire then too. If you're, uh, I remember it's, it's, if I haven't had enough sleep, it's almost that same feeling when you've, uh, ingested too many drugs, especially of the crystal meth or cocaine type, um, that things that start popping out of walls and trees and bushes and, um, you know, your mind, my mind just goes totally, uh, crazy. So, um, but you said, I know you're saying, well, that happens to everybody. Um, two things about drugs and, 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 um, and, and sight the psychic incline. One, the psychic incline mind can be maliciously and intentionally, uh, um, um, manipulate it when they're high. So that's one thing. That's one caveat. But the second one is that these these ghost um, um, these ghosting things uh, that that happened. Um, the shadow play. These. Um, these things may only be happening to the psychic population that's out there when they ingest. Because some, some people seem to be able to function, uh, not function, um, but they don't seem to have these mirages. That's what I termed them before that are in uh, my mind. I remember writing that uh, in my journal, the mirages. So, um, so I'm, 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 I'm trying to give you the psychic incline. So experience. So it's 20% of the population is communicating that, right? Because it's, it's, it's said that, that 10, about 10% of the population, 10 to 20% of the population is psychic incline or psychic active. Um, and, and it's the targeted market for drugs, um, by the way, and they communicate that to you, um, these mirages, these shadow events. Uh, I remember uh, in California, it's called tree people. When you get high, you start seeing tree people. Um, it may only be a psychic thing that we encounter. Um, there may be a segment of the population that does not have these, uh, that, toward, that sort of um, mirage sort of uh, uh, my mental uh, distraction that goes on under when they're when they're um, drug intoxicated, of course they're still diminished, right? And they're still diminished physically. They're still diminished uh, mentally, just in other ways, right? Um, but the psychic mind uh, has other. Um, it tries to process. So that's the haywire, and that's not just drug related. Haywire can happen, and that's the term. Haywire can happen. It happens now sometimes. If I don't get enough sleep, um, so let's get off the drugs. I'm just trying to bring it back to. How it happens when you're not you're not drunk, you're not intoxicated, drug intoxicated. Is haywire can happen when um, you don't have enough sleep, um, or not even sleep right. Because sometimes I just rest. There are days when I just rest, and I may get one two hours a night, but I don't get that full four or five hours of REM sleep. And then my mind will go haywire. Uh, it did one one time last week, uh, and uh, and it's this shadow play. Uh, I get a, a I get a paranoia and agitation, and then that's that's haywire, and and 
So my mom, she let me know what it was. She's like, you know, this happens. If you don't get enough sleep, your mind, it will, um, it will go haywire. And you just, just means you need to go to sleep. And, um, so, uh, that was great. That's great. That's a great understanding because while it was happening, I, I didn't have, I was like, well, I'm not high. Why is this happening now? Because it, I, I, the only time it had happened before like that um, was uh, when I was high. So I was like, I'm not high. And this has happened a few times. Why does this happen? Um, um, you know, you start chasing things around. You see things in the bush and you're like, I'm here. I'm seeing mirages or something occur in the bushes or I'm seeing shadow. Shadows in the bushes. Why is my mind trying to process it? Your mind starts to just um, process things or place emphasis on shadows and calligraphy starts to... It's, it's almost as if you're letting too much information in. And too many things are trying to be coming to your your mental process. And you're saying, well, how, how many days does it take to get to this level of distortion? Um, I'd say three or four days without proper REM sleep. And um, so, yeah, 72 hours without proper REM sleep. And that, that will, that will, that'll trigger a haywire for me. Yeah. And that, that happened. And, you know, and, and here's the thing. Uh, it's about the same time that you'll also be open for that whole, um, no, let's just leave it there. I don't want to, I don't want to confuse the issue. So we, we have hocus pocus, we have haywire, and then we have the fact that, um, you know, my mother has been communicating my whole life to me inside. So that's how productive a week it was. There was probably other things, but I tweet stormed all of it out and I didn't really podcast on it. So that's how productive a week it was from understanding and documenting psychic abilities. It's been a really productive week. So that's really cool. That's really cool. I come home and my mom lets me know, look, I've been trying to tell you your whole life. I just didn't come out and tell you you're telepathic or psychic. And I mean, I'm, when I say my whole life, I'm talking about fourth, fifth grade type stuff. So now why, why didn't she come out and say you're telepathic? I don't think we have a curriculum for it or an understanding for how to communicate it yet. And perhaps she thought, oh, they'll think I'm crazy. I'm trying to tell them. Well, of course, I'm not going to do that with my child. I've already tried to have the conversation with him. The, the minute I'm able to get in my child's presence, it's a wrap. <laughs> We're going to start having little weekly conversations on being psychic. And I've already tried that, but I haven't been around my child enough. I, I wholeheartedly intend not. I don't, I don't want to beat him over the head. I don't want to beat my daughter over the head with it every day. But a weekly conversation on being a native Psy. Yeah. Native Psy American. Yeah, definitely going to happen. Hey, this is what to watch out for. This is the little terminology you should you should use. And this is how it works. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we'll probably have a weekly this is how it works session. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, and that's not, and like I say, I'm not knocking the way my mother and my family raised me. It's just now we have a better understanding and a better way to deliver it. 
So let's do it a better way. Okay. Um, Because I didn't know. (laughs) And that did not unknowing part got me in a tremendous amount of trouble. Okay. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go into some, and and you're saying, how did that get you in trouble? Well, I would have never dabbled in, in, in drugs. If I, well, you, and my mom said, and this is what my mom said, well, you know, you knew not to dabble in drugs. Hell, we, the whole world knows not to dabble in drugs. The whole world doesn't know that your mind is open to another person stepping into your mind if you're high. People don't know that level of manipulation is even possible. So, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Non-psychic people don't have to worry about a malicious attack from the side. Malicious. An intentional attack from the side. By another person. In your mind. Now, if you know somebody else is going to step into your mind because you decided to uh, recreational drug use, oh, no, you're not going to recreational drug use at all. <laughs> that's, that's out. <laughs> you know? If you know somebody else can step into your mind I mean, it, it, it. that's that's and that's the reality, and 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 you're intoxicated. Hell, you're barely gonna want to drink, you know, because uh, it's like drinking and driving. Oh, well, somebody might step into my mind. Oh, oh, you know, it's a, it's uh, it's a definitely it's definitely different from drinking. Uh, actually, drinking I can't hear the size much. But I don't know if my uh, if if just actors move away from me when I'm drinking, so they don't nobody hosts me on the side, um, and, or if um, uh, or if um, or if there's a diminished capacity where I can't hear this. So I, I think actors just oh uh, he's 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 a little he's a little intoxicated. I don't really want to deal with them right now on the side, <laughs> you know. So I think they just move away. So, oh yeah, we have an, I provided another understanding of how the how hosting you on the side. So yeah, it was a great week, great week for understanding. So all right, the psychic project. I'm gonna close it down. I'm coming back with another segment. So um, I'm gonna close it down. Psychic project. It's a psychic project. It's April 1st. It's 4.53 a.m. in the morning. April 1st, 2019, by the way. This segment is on, you know, I, I'm going to try to get one, at least one segment every every week on, um, on on psychic reality. And the next one will be, and this and this segment is on uh, government and society things that I see out there that, you know, we need to speak to. Uh, and, th- and that's what this segment is on. And specifically, okay, I'm in Dallas. So, residential drug storage. Let's uh, let's go down there. I, my house, the house I grew up in, is drug storage. Never knew that, and I don't think my mom knew that either. Um, so that's the topic of the day. Really, the topic of the day is amnesty law. So, and let's 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 let me back up just a little. So, I posted a lot of photos out there. Communicate a tweet stormed a lot of stuff. So, what is all of this uh, that I that I see? What is all of this that I've been communicating? 
well, just as I saw commercial drug storage in these buildings downtown, that's residential drug storage. And by the way, my house is residential drug storage. A house that was built in, in the late 60s. Um, I, I believe the house was built, it's either 64 or 69 that's coming to mind. Uh, I see, I saw it. My dad always showed me. You know, if you lived in a house so long your whole life, you see the paperwork. Um, it was 64 or 69. And it was the, actually, it was the concept build for um, the builder in the area. So I don't know if that's how they did it or or a lot of the original builds in the area were they like this but it, I, I remember i remember saying this was the concept house for the area um so uh um that was communicated to me so um i gave several examples of residential drug storage um We were unknowing, right? Um, I mean, the bricks, down to the bricks that the home was built with. Oh. And so you would say to yourself, why would somebody residential storage, drug storage a home? I mean, why would they do that? What, what, is, what is the value? What did they get back out of that? Um, perhaps it's to provide initial value for the surrounding homes for the builder. It's the only thing I can, it sets value for the surrounding homes during the build um, so that, um, how can I say this? So that the, there's a, a solid foundation for, um, value not to be lost and maybe that um, maybe that was how they tried to keep certain communities from plummeting too far um, I'm trying to make rational behavior out of residential drug storage okay so and this and this drug storage having occurred so long ago it's different than what there's two different residential drug storage that I've communicated there's what I saw with the renovations and insurance, home insurance claim. And then there was this drug storage, which is the home I grew up in. This was an initial build sort of thing. Why is there so much drug storage from the initial build? Right? So you have, you have this, this drug storage that I've communicated most recently is from the initial build. It's in, it's in the pad of the concrete from the initial build. I, I demonstrated that. It's in the uh, steps that were in the backyard. It's in the foundation from the initial build. Beyond the homeowner's claim, it's in the initial build. There's a divider wall and the columns. All of that was in the initial build. I believe they put drug storage in communities um, to either encourage people to buy in an area, say, um, okay, so I'm in Oak Cliff. And in the late 60s, you have to look at that community. It was, uh, I'm in an African-American neighborhood. 
But this subdivision would have been a subdivision that would have been suburban at the time. So why would they put drug storage in a suburban community in the late 60s that was on a different side of town than where um, white America was living or where white America was fleeing to, right? They were going to north they would go into the northern suburbs. I believe drug storage may have been in an initial bill to encourage people to buy in this area when the initial subdivision was created. Now I what the only way to really know is to find the initial builders. But I believe that may have happened. I believe they may have seeded more than one, probably multiple, drug storage homes in the, the original subdivision build to encourage people to buy and then inform people. Now, we are the resale. We are the resale. We bought in 78, about 10 years later. Um, and I remember my dad, 48000 I believe, is what we paid for this house in 78. Um, so now whether the secondary buyer, whether he knew it was drug storage or not, I I don't know. And I don't think, I know my father did not know. I know we didn't know. Um, now if we learned that truth over, oh, I'm going to give you a demonstration. I'm going to give you an example. There was a little Aztec statue that was in the backyard on a concrete platform and he had he, he, he was definitely drug storage but he was looking at my mom's window I never I said oh this would be cool I, I, I think I did this uh, in 1990 I moved it from outside our backyard and I put it in our front yard and I put the little Aztec statue in the front yard with him but the, he was light enough to be picked up and taken away don't you know somebody stole the little concrete man? But he wasn't a little concrete Aztec man at all. He was a concrete and cocaine mixture, big enough to be picked up and taken away. And he was. Now, I always wonder, why did somebody steal our little statue? It's because even in the early 90s, people knew what drug storage was, and somebody knew and took it. Um, we never knew. I always wonder why that little statue disappeared. He was big enough to be carried away. I'd say, and give me a, and you're saying how much of the weight was that? Uh, about 50 pounds. So, um, so what am I saying? Residential drug storage at initial build. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm trying to understand why communities were seated that way. Um, and I, and I believe the original developers did that uh, to attract uh, buyers. Now, how did the buyers um, how did the buyers value? Well, it held the home value, right? If they it's 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 saying it's saying okay, no matter what happens, even if you demolition this, you'll get your your original uh, uh, home price back out of it, right? So if you don't get your value, even if you demolition it, we're ensure that you 
are compensated for your original investment through drug storage. And I believe that that might have been the, the, the original play for why this house in particular has so much drug storage in it from the initial build. Is to, uh, it was to attract uh, people into the area and to hold value and say, okay, if you buy, don't worry about it. Uh, you're not going to lose your investment. Um, and it would drive all the comps around it. Uh, and you say comps, what's that? It's comparable. So if this house sells, if this house never loses its value, and then it sells... It sets the it sets the value for all the uh, appraised ones, uh, all the appraisals for the surrounding area. And by the way, this house sold in 10, 10 years. By the way, if it was built in six, 68, something like that, and and we bought it in seventy eight. Ten years later, ten whatever, ten fifteen years later, the house sells. It sets the level for all the comps in the area. Uh, so, um, that's a little understanding of drug storage here. Um, our family never had an understanding until it appears later that um, home renovators, um, um, home remodelers, um, these fly-by-night construction firms, they pick up on our home is drug storage and unbeknownst to us, they come and they're like, oh my God, you know your home is drug storage. Oh yeah, we got to do as much work on this house as possible because every time we come to work on this particular house, we get a whole tons of money out of it, right? Um, so, and, and, just, and by the way, I can't tell you how many other initial builds in the area are that were drug storage because I don't want to walk up to somebody's house and investigate it. The number I gave, 10 out of uh, 72, was some of it wasn't the initial build. I'm relaying this house, I can tell, was the initial build. Uh, the 10 out of 72, some of it was uh, um, uh, what I've turned as renovation. So once these contracting firms find out that uh, they can drug storage, and I, I kind of I detailed out that, that scenario. Um, so if you you'll visit uh, the pot, if you'll visit the blogs, it's detailed out um, uh, the homeowners and the insurance claims. It's in uh, residential drug storage and part two residential drug storage of how um, five by night renovators come to a home. They renovate a home, uh, but they only do half the work. They'll link you up with a uh, mortgage company. Um, to get to use the equity in your home, right? So they find a greasy, and that's that's a word. They find a greasy uh, a, a mortgage company that will. And right away, the greasy mortgage companies for uh, a home renovations is Wells Fargo. Uh, they were loan processing, I guess, and in bulk. So, um, so they they, they process them. Uh, and uh, you know, in batches, and um, these renovations would would get done. Um, as these renovations are done, the contractors wouldn't do all the work, so they pocket some of the some of the secondary mortgage 
but they have they they insert drug storage into the home. So they're kind of they're kind of saying, "Look, I put all these drugs into your house, um, and, and I, I I I just want a portion of uh, of this mortgage you've given me. So you know, I've given you some value. You can either work with it." You know, if you if I give it to you, you work with it, right? You're 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 double your money if you work with these drugs. So unwittingly, they're trying to make the resident a drug dealer. And by the way, they say, "Oh, you wouldn't have got this loan approved if you hadn't come to me." This loan would have never got approved, right? This loan it, it will never get approved unless you come to me. So I, I got the loan approved, so I gave you access to this money. And now I'm giving you additional value in 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 the and and by by drug store in your house. So now you can work with what I put in there. Um, do they openly communicate it? No, you're so there. I guess there's a guy, that kind of hey, that kind of uh, you see what I'm doing here, sort of I wink in an eye. Now I, I wasn't here for all of that, and I was I was probably a little too young and too naive to understand some of it. The homeowner's supposed to be more aware that, you know, there's always, there, there's no free money out there, right? That's the essence of it. There's no free money out there. So they, they do half the work um, that's required of them. Or they overbuild an uh, insurance company. Oh, yeah. And they, then they overbuild insurance companies and then still do half the work, <laughs> you know? And, and it's up to you to understand. So what you have here is like, in my house, you have two totally different things going on. You have that uh, malicious contractor, uh, criminal contractor, and uh, renovator, and then you have initial drug storage. So my house is unbelievably uh, entrenched in drug storage, and, and, but it's on two different levels or two different understandings. Uh, so, what does that reality mean? What, what does that reality really mean? Well, well, for the initial one, um, <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in, by the way, I'm in, I, uh, for the initial one, um, I'm in my garage, by the way. I, I, I still don't have a studio, but that's okay. We work with the reality of what we have. Um, for the initial, uh, residential drug storage, you know, homeowners, they need um, they need to be allowed to self-report. Right? We need to be allowed to, hey, look, I didn't know about this when I bought this home. I, I suspect it's drug storage. Can we have somebody come out to this home, look into it, and verify that it is drug storage? I need to come under some sort of amnesty law. I didn't know it was drug storage. And, uh, and by the way, I'm looking at the, st the step that goes into the home. It's, it's drug storage. <laughs> and, it's, and it's very evident now that I'm familiar with what I'm looking at. And this step is, this is the same step that's been here. It's in my entire life. Um, so, um, I, um. Uh, I, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, we, we need an amnesty law. We need an amnesty law. 
for people that self-report, because you have to look at intent here. There was never any intent when we bought this house to sell drugs, to ingest drugs. Hell, as a, you know, people are probably living in homes who have drug addiction issues and don't know that their home is sitting a, a, a gold mine for drugs um, or a jackpot for one. And, and are, are probably doing stupid stuff for drugs that don't need to. But by the way, that's not the issue here. I'm, I'm talking about amnesty, right? So, um, um, so let me try to get back on point. You know, if your intent was never to sell drugs and address drugs and you self-report, uh, you know, I, I, I've got to believe, you know, there has to be, uh, you know, we have to have a way out of a bad investment. Um, you know, it has to be a law protecting the consumer. As a matter of fact, we should fall under consumer protections in some way. Because uh, that's what it that's what it really becomes comes down to. We never had a consumer protection for our purchase. And now later on, 50, 60 years later, we find out, holy smokes, the original builders in some of these communities, they were malicious or they were doing things that were criminal. And, you know, it's almost too late to hold them accountable. You know, we need an amnesty law to protect the consumer. And that's because and, and the home buyer, I'm sorry, I say consumer because that's where we are, uh, the residential home buyer. And, um, and I'm really pushing for that. I'm really, really pushing for that. Um, um, if you, from a residential standpoint, and let's help get that, that out of the way. You know, and I know a lot of people out there are saying, well, this is the foundation of our drug economy. I think we need to go, you know, there's so many drugs out there now, especially people that are finding them in these commercial and residential uh, settings, well, that we should just, it's its impossible to eliminate. And, you know, I've given examples all over the country. It's impossible to eliminate. I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I thought to myself, well, uh, you know, you know, my thought was, well, if, if we're going to be a drug economy, well, then come correct with it. Let's... Uh, this just uh, legalized drugs, and now you say to yourself, "Oh no, we can't legalize cocaine and crystal meth." Oh, really? So you want to have a drug economy, and you don't want to legalize uh, crystal meth and cocaine? Why not? Well, it's bad for you. Oh my God, really? <laughs> so now, what is it? Now, then, then ask yourself if it's bad for you. You don't want to legalize it. Then what is it? Then, then why? Then who is your target market for this drug economy? Uh, are you going to sell it to your your neighbor? Are you going to sell it to your your family member? Um, are are you are you working underneath that principle? Are you openly drug drug addict? And some are, by the way. Um, right, and that's what happened in Sacramento. Right, the whole community became openly drug addicted. Um. But it seems like many 
are working under the assumption that you can have a drug economy and just target market uh, minority communities and not target market your community, uh, that's abysmal thinking. <laughs> you know, that's bullshit. And that's either you come correct, you know, and I'll just be in a minority thinking, well, we shouldn't have a, a, a drug economy, but I'll accept the will of the people, right? And I'll keep voice, voicefully saying we shouldn't have a drug economy. This is stupid, <laughs> you know. But um, but the will of the people will preside, right? But to to let's try to keep it in the dark and say, well, you're you know that whole that whole culture of snitching, right? You're snitching. I'm not snitching. It's it's it seems to be a known thing. There's commercial real estate being renovated out here. Everybody knows there's drug storage in this world. Except for, of course, me. <laughs> and I don't think people know openly that these buildings are being renovated or how it's done. There's this talk it, There's this talk out there. So I'm documenting it, right? I'm throwing it up. And I believe Vice is also doing something. Now, that's what was told to me inside the Vice. When I was out in Sacramento, Vice was out there and they were um, documenting. I'm openly documenting. And the, these Pfizer warrants have us so locked between regions that's so crazy right so look there's really drug storage out here that's what i'm trying to say and we need an amnesty law especially from the residential standpoint now from the um commercial standpoint no you were a corporate entity and uh you need to be held accountable because you were knowingly doing it that's the thing intent that's the thing intent and the corporate entity and enterprises are driving access for these residential individual consumer applications of drug storage. Um, yeah, and by the way, it's not it's not just that. It's when it starts to engulf the government process that it becomes so corrupt that it undermines our society. So you say, well, give me an example of that. Well, the fact uh, that the CIA started bringing drugs in to support this drug economy means you have started to undermine government agencies. Okay? And then you've seen the de-evolution of society in Sacramento where pornographic studios are in jail. You, and I know you're saying, there's just no way there was a porn... There was a porn studio in a main county jail. Yes, there was. I saw it. It was on the eighth floor, eight east of uh, of Sacramento County, main county jail. That that happened. That wasn't some. That wasn't some uh, fantasy. That really happened. I saw it. Okay. That's the level of corruption and people being kidnapped and put in prisons. That's happening. Women are in men's prisons, not by not by their own will. Could be your daughter. All to, all because along with the drug economy comes the degradation of the human. I, I, don't, I don't even want to go any far. It comes the degradation of the human. Every story we've relayed about Donald Trump, Ivanka Trump, and Melania Trump, that's all reality. And we haven't even given you the total um, 
degradation because it's so horrific. Right? I give you the big words, but when you hear the entire experience, and I hope the Mueller report comes out, and I hope it's not didacted, uh, and I hope I, I hope it I hope it details everything and we can close the chapter. Right? We can just close the chapter. Put it all out there once. Don't don't string it out. Put it all out there at once. Um so that we can engulf it and put it behind us. Because it's a sad tale. So when you undermine the president of the United States through it, well, if you want to support a drug economy that has that level of intentionally undermining our country, then well, let's do it. be open about it. Okay, let's do it then. I know my family will never, and so I'm, not, you know, will never do it. Uh, but. You know, I don't think that's a good way for our society to go, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. So what, what have I said? Look, amnesty law is needed for residential drug storage. I've given some fundamental reasons, uh, three or four uh, supporting reasons um, for this amnesty law. And I've given reasons why this amnesty law shouldn't be... Uh, extended to the commercial real estate because these are the entities that uh, were feathering, allowing the, their behavior was criminal in the fact that it actually developed uh, and uh, created a market for a drug economy to exist by allowing access to money and funding intentionally. Uh, so it shouldn't be extended to the commercial drug storage. As a matter of fact, the actors in that uh, should be uh, punished to the highest extent. All right, it's a psychic project. I'm going to close it down. I have so much more to share to you. I'll try to get to it. Uh, it's just, you know, a lot happened this week. And yes, there will be a social media documentary on Dallas now. Um, I, I can't say this about, I can't say this about Dallas. There's a fight. Um, the, the term Super Bowl comes up. And I guess Dallas was Super Bowl, Dallas County. And when I go to Tarrant County, because yesterday I went to Tarrant County, um, the level of drug storage, especially in freeways, is not the same as drug, what I see here in Dallas County. I don't see the level of construction or drug storage, especially along freeways. Um, so, what does Super Bowl mean? It means it looks like there was cartel activity in the area, and it looks like there may have been certain, especially freeway assets, um, may have been bribed or whatever. There's drug storage going on along the freeways, right? In the facades. It's not the main structure, though. I, I keep looking at the, the, the main structure, and I say, oh, the main structure is not drug storage, but the facades are. So the cleanup can happen. And by the way, that's a shout out to Halliburton for a commercial and uh, these main freeway structures. And that's a shout out to, um, God, shout out to Southern. 
that's a, um, a nod to uh, waste management. Uh, look, waste management, they need to be uh, an, an actor in residential drug cleanup. There's, that's a big business. Um, you should have drop-offs, uh, databases with self-reporting. Um, that, that's big business. And Halliburton, that's big business, especially commercial. Uh, so um, that should be happening. I don't know why I said shout out. That's that's <laughs> uh, that's a nod. There's 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 business opportunity, and indeed, there's an economy in the chemical cleanup of residential and commercial drug storage. And if we're if we're so concerned about our economy, let's evolve it. Okay, let's evolve it to the to to the. To the chemical cleanup economy, let's evolve it to the psychic economy, and 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 the um, and the amount of cleanup that needs to happen. This is a five to ten year window, right? Uh, how long does amnesty need to be in place? Uh, probably two to three years of self-reporting. Um, and you would think the county tax assessor or appraiser would would know what he does. So there there's some complicit thing going on um, people who are praising and uh, assessing the values of these homes are, are are knowing so that that's uh, that's an issue alright I'm not gonna I'm going to I'm going to tie it up I'm going to uh, go ahead and close it up I think, I, I think I've spoken enough and um, just keep watching Facebook all week um, I'm here. I love my hometown, by the way. Love my hometown. Um, but um, you know, and, and there are some other realities as far as my family and becoming aware. But that's that's for that's for a whole. That's for somebody else to tell. I think. I do. I do. I I, I do. I do see other things in play, but. Um. That's that's not that has nothing to do with this amnesty law. Let's try to divulge as much information as possible, document it, how it how we see it working, and like I said, it goes beyond um, the renovation of homes. It it occurred in the initial build, specifically of this home. All right, it's the Sacramento project. I mean, what's Sacramento project? It's the it's it's the Dallas project now. I I, I don't know. I was never the Sacramento project, unless my dad was there. It's the psychic project. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> so, all right, it's the psychic. <laughs> it's the psychic project. Uh, April first. Everybody have a good day. Take a step back. Breathe a little bit. Let's try to get some of this work. Our country needs us. Country needs us. I see the tattered tra- flags now. And I know what you're saying. Our country is it's worn and it's torn. Yeah. I, see, I, I know. I understand. You know, you know I love I love the flag and I don't like to see it degraded in any way, but I understand what you're saying to me. And I see you seeing it wrapped up. 
some some think our country is wrapped up. Um, it is. From a media, uh, from a free press standpoint, it is. They need to unwrap it. Need to unwrap it. All right, just like your project closing.